Welcome everyone to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at the Score. Thank you so much for listening today. My goal with these Friday episodes is to get you caught up on all the injury news. There's a lot to go over today, but first, I'm going to get my quick takeaways from the Thursday nighter. The Browns get the win. They move to two and one. Easily could be three and zero oh if they didn't let the Jets make that crazy comeback against them last week. And it's an awesome story for them even if it's going to be pretty awful having to watch Deshaun Watson take over and suit up for them later this year. Because if they keep playing this well, they might be a playoff team. So you're going to have Watson's dark cloud just looming over what could be a pretty cool story. They're winning like they have in recent years, though. It's cool to see with Jacoby Brissett under center. They have the strong defense. They have an excellent run game behind one of the best offensive lines in the league. Nick Chubb is just amazing. I mean, we talk about him being arguably the best pure runner in the league. He has really shown it early in the season. 113 yards and a touchdown in this win. That's after posting 143 yards from scrimmage in the opener. And last week it was 113 yards and three scores. Just such a strong RB1 play in fantasy. I think he might be taking that mantle from Derrick Henry in terms of a running back that's just, or at least seems unstoppable, really no matter what the situation is. Kareem Hunt in this game, he got 15 touches of his own only 61 yards on them, did have several goal line attempts. He really could have got a touchdown there, but he couldn't convert. It was weird. They kept kind of stretching things out instead of just running him north-south at the goal line. It seemed a little odd because then Chubb came in and immediately that's what they did and he got the touchdown. But Hunt remains a fringe RB2 most weeks. I mean, 15 touches, that's a pretty quality workload for most running backs, even starters. So you're still going to get him in your lineup depending on your options. At quarterback, like I said, Brissett's playing well. Not really a fantasy option, but he's keeping this offense moving. And most importantly, he's getting the ball to Amari Cooper and he's getting the ball to David Njoku starting this week. Cooper, his second straight 100-yard game, he went for 101 and a score. Njoku finally came alive here. Nine catches, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Kevin Stefanski, he said that Njoku's involvement, it's going to be dependent on what the defense has given them. And in this game, the Steelers were really susceptible to the big tight end up the middle. They got gashed there. So he had a a really nice day on the inside. And I'm not expecting that Njoku's all of a sudden going to become this volume hog like he was in this game. But this is why we talked about him as a potential tight end one before the season, that he was a good late round option because if this offense gets going, Brissett starts targeting him a lot. We could see him put up good stats. We saw it a few years back. He had a 600-yard season. We could see him well on his way with this. And then when Watson comes back, the passing attack will only go up to another level. So that'll be good for Njoku as well. On the Steelers side, Mitch Trubisky, he didn't play that poorly. I mean, he's not great. He's not really unlocking this offense, but it's not all his fault. I think Matt Canada's system, Matt Canada's play calling, that's really got to take some of the blame. The offensive line too is also at fault. But my guess is it's really a combination of all three of those things. That's what's really holding this group back because They have such outstanding skill position talent, and they really aren't making the most of it. In the backfield, you got Najee Harris. He gets his usual volume. He finds the end zone, so sort of saves his fantasy day. But we saw Jalen Warren. He worked in a little more. I think that's likely because it was a short week. You see some teams not want to load up on guys when they're playing four days after having just played a big game. And Najee, he's the unquestioned bell cow, but he's still he's more of a high-end RB2 due to the state of this offense. And then at receiver... 
Deontay Johnson, he's phenomenal. Eight catches, 84 yards. He's still trying to overcome everything that's happening there, but he could just be so much more. I mean, if he had a better quarterback, this guy could be right up inside the top 10. I mean, he could even be a potential top five receiver if you put him with one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Everybody after this game is going to talk about that George Pickens catch. I mean, what a highlight real grab. I'm happy that he got seven targets in this game. That's what I want to focus on more, that they're going to try to get him the ball. He finished with three for 39. That's more than we saw him doing in the first couple weeks. I mean, he's getting the playing time. He's getting the snaps. He just hasn't been getting the targets. I think there's still a lot more to come from him, but that catch is another sign that he can be special. He just needs the volume. And then Chase Claypool, he might be a notch below Pickens in terms of my fantasy outlooks for the rest of the season, but all three of these wideouts, they could be fantasy stars in the right environment. It's just, it's so tough to watch them in this scheme with this quarterback. Johnson remains a wide receiver too in fantasy. Pickens and Claypool, they're more risky flex plays and really just bench stashes at the moment until we see something change here. Even Pat Fryermuth, he could be included in this conversation. Two catches, 41 yards. Fryermuth looks like one of the best young tight ends in the league. I would love to see what he could do in an offense that he was getting featured in with a good quarterback, with a good scheme. I mean, he's still a low-end tight end one for fantasy, but I think that says more about the tight end position for fantasy rather than Fryermuth's current situation. And I'm really not sure people want to point to Kenny Pickett being the potential answer. I don't know if Pickett's going to be the guy that can really take this offense to the next level. I would just like to see what he could do with these weapons because I've already kind of seen enough from Trubisky in this offense. But based on the way that Mike Tomlin's talking, I'm not sure we're going to see Pickett until maybe after the Steelers buy in week nine. So that's it for the Thursday nighter. I think I kind of quickly tried to hit on all that stuff because I really want to focus on these injury updates because there's a lot to get through. So let's start with the quarterbacks. Justin Herbert, you know, the last time we saw him, he was playing through pain in the fourth quarter against the Chiefs, could barely make a couple of those throws. Now he's had some time to rest that rib injury. According to all the injury analysts, it's likely going to take a couple more weeks before he's completely healed, but he can definitely play through it. Most of the rib injuries are sort of a pain tolerance thing. And the fact that he's gotten in limited practices this week, that's a good sign. He's been seen throwing the ball. I know today there was a report that he's not out of the woods yet, so it's not a guarantee that he's going to play this week. I expect him to be active against the Jaguars. And really, if it goes to Chase Daniel, you're not playing Chase Daniel. We'll bump down everybody in the offense. You'll still play Mike Williams, but the other guys will take a a pretty big hit here. But as long as Herbert's out there, he's still going to be a strong QB1 for fantasy. And I know the Jags, they just shut down Matt Ryan and the Colts, but they also got rocked by Carson Wentz and the Commanders in week one. So Herbert, as long as he's out there, he'll be fine. If he's healthy enough to play, which I think at the moment he will be, even though we had that sort of negative report about it today, I think they're just covering their bases with that one, but we'll have to monitor and hopefully we'll get an update overnight, Saturday to Sunday morning. One of the national reporters will have something for us and we'll know for sure early on Sunday, as opposed to having to wait until inactives come out. Lots of other quarterbacks are banged up, but I don't think they're in danger of missing this week. So you have Lamar Jackson. He showed up with a sleeve on his elbow early in the week, and he showed up to practice with that. He wasn't really throwing, but he's just fine. There's no concerns there. They were just giving him a little rest. Everyone's on the same page that we don't need to be worried. Lamar's going to play, and he's locked in as a top five QB. Uh, Jameis Winston, he has four fractures in his back. He's also got an ankle issue he's playing through, but he played through it last week. I would expect him to play through it again. We'll likely just see him listed as limited in practice for the next couple weeks while he's trying to heal up. And he's definitely at risk of re-injury during the game. I mean, it's possible he could be forced to leave if he takes the wrong kind of hit, but 
He's going to be out there. He'll be a QB2 for fantasy. Not a great matchup with the Panthers defense, though, so might want to knock him down a little more. Davis Mills, he's listed with a thumb issue, but he's been practicing in full. There's not really any sign of concern from anyone around the Texans about him, so he should be out there. Just a low-end QB2 option now. I mean, you're talking just two QB or super flex leagues that you're thinking about playing him. And then before we move on to running backs, I just want to use this spot to kind of remind people that Zach Wilson, all the reports are that there's a good chance that he's going to return from the knee injury that he could start in week four. And this isn't about me loving Zach Wilson as a player, but the talent in that Jets offense, it might be enough to make him fantasy relevant. Joe Flacco, he's looked all right because he's throwing to Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. He's got Michael Carter and Brees Hall in the backfield. He's got tight end Tyler Conklin, who's been pretty solid, getting a lot of volume so far in the first two weeks. Wilson could be interesting as a QB2 with some upside in fantasy once he's back, which we think is going to be next week, a guy that you could stash, you can get out ahead of next week's waiver wire run when people are actually talking about Wilson potentially getting back in the lineup and playing. You get him now, depending on your IR rules, maybe you can throw him in your IR spot. That's why I list him as one of the stashes and start sit stash quit this week. I think he's a guy that if you're really QB needy, I would go and I would get him and I'd throw him on your bench or in your IR spot to see what he could do next week. So give start sit stash quit a read. I'm not going to tell you the other guys in that column. You can go check that one out. I want to keep moving here and we'll get to the injured running backs. Everybody freaking out about Christian McCaffrey because he showed up with an ankle issue in practice on Thursday, but CMC, he laughed it off with reporters. He's fine. He's going to play. Just had a little stiffness after last week, apparently. He joked at this point, if he leaves and goes to the bathroom, he said during practice, he'll probably end up in the injury report. So no concerns here at all. Practice fully on Friday. You could start him with confidence this week. DeAndre Swift with the ankle, he played through it last week, caused him to get less touches, but he was just as effective on the ones he did get. Still had a decent fantasy day, found the end zone, so he should ramp it up even more this week. Now he's a couple weeks removed from the injury, right? So you figure that he'll be even more healthy. He's comfortably inside the top 12 fantasy backs this week in my rankings. Leonard Fournette, he's also inside the top 12, despite the fact that he's got this hamstring issue that has had him limited in practice now for a couple weeks. He's continuing to play through it, though, and he could really be leaned on in this game. I mean, with all the injuries that the Buccaneers have in the receiving core and the offensive line, we'll talk more about those when we get to the receiver section, but Fournette, he's been a bell cow. I think he's likely going to be asked to deliver again against the Packers. I mean, the Packers, they just let David Montgomery go for over 100 yards against them. So big day coming for Fournette here. Alvin Kamara, back to limited practices this week. He's trying to play through that rib injury that kept him out of week two. Hard to gauge what the Saints are going to do here. I mean, rib injuries, they're much worse for running backs than they are for any other position. And another big hit could cause Kamara to miss even more time. But once again, like I said about Justin Herbert, this is a pain tolerance issue. So they could pat him up, maybe give him a painkiller shot and send him out there. I have Kamara down in the mid to low end RB2 rankings at the moment. I wouldn't move him much higher even if he's confirmed to play because you have to expect that they're going to use him less than usual. Mark Ingram, he'll see a little more work than normal, especially since Ingram's off the injury report this week. Last week, he was dealing with an ankle issue. He played, but Tony Jones Jr. actually outsnapped Ingram in week two. So if Kamara goes, I would expect a 50-50 split. Kamara as a low-end RB2, Ingram as a flex play. But if Kamara can't go again... I would look for Ingram to lead the way this time, maybe a 60-40 split over Tony Jones. And in that instance, 
Ingram would still just be an RB3 flex play, though, and Jones would be a complete dart throw flex if you're looking for a desperation play at running back. James Conner, his ankle issue that caused him to leave last week, we don't know where it stands right now. He sat out practice on Wednesday, got back to limited practice on Thursday and Friday. Seems like he's trending towards being active this week, but they're calling him a game-time decision, so we don't know for sure yet. If he plays... He'll be a solid RB2 against the Rams. We might see a little more, you know, Benjamin, a little more Daryl Williams than usual, but Connor would still be the favorite for the high value touches. I'm watching for this update. Hopefully we're going to get something. This is another one that we're going to wait probably until Saturday night into Sunday morning and fingers crossed we get something there. If he can't go, Daryl Williams, you know, Benjamin, they're splitting touches. Williams would be the slightly better fantasy play though, just based on what we saw from them last week after Connor left the game. It was Williams that looked better in the game and it was Williams that was getting more work there. So he kind of vaults, you know, Benjamin and becomes the guy to start if you have to start one of them if Connor's out. J.K. Dobbins seems like he's healthy enough to play. He got in some full practices last week, appeared like he might play then. The Ravens wanted to play it safe and held him out. I am all for that. I mean, we wish other teams would play it cautious with these guys coming back from these major injuries. And now Dobbins is practicing in full again this week, but John Harbaugh made comments that he might still be week to week. So it's really anybody's guess how the Ravens are going to play this, if they feel comfortable putting him out there, or whether they continue to just kind of ease him along and wait until he's completely healthy before they put him on the field. I didn't put Dobbins in my week three rankings yet. We'll see what they say on Friday. If he's active, I won't be projecting a full workload for him, maybe eight to 10 touches. And then there'd be some combination of Kenyon Drake and Justice Hill and Mike Davis kind of working in. So Dobbins would only be a risky flex if he's out there. You'd really just be hoping that he finds the end zone. Basically, I wouldn't play him in his first game back is essentially what I'm trying to say. And if he's out... This has just been a nightmare scenario that you're going to want to stay away from. Drake would have the most fantasy value. Justice Hill actually looked the best of those backups last week, so maybe he could get a little more work. I would like to see him get more work, to be honest, but I really don't want to play anybody in Baltimore's backfield until Dobbins is back and getting something close to a usual workload, which likely won't be this week, even if he does suit up. I'm also seeing Gus Edwards still out there in way too many leagues, and this isn't me saying that Edwards is going to come back and just blow the doors off for fantasy, but if you have an empty IR spot, why not use it on him? I mean, stash Edwards until he's ready. You get to carry an extra player if you just have that empty IR spot anyway. Who knows what's going to happen with Dobbins? Maybe he could get hurt again when he does play, and if you have Edwards stashed, then either you get first crack to see what he looks like, or... You might be able to trade him away for something when he gets back or package him with someone else to upgrade at a position. I mean, you'd get to do it for free if you just had him on your IR spot, right? Like you don't have to worry about it at all. You don't have to pay any fob, anything like that. So why not? That's a move that I think people should be making. He shouldn't be out there in as many leagues as he is. And then one last running back to mention here, Josh Jacobs. He's missed a couple practices with an illness. Still time for him to get back by Sunday. But if you're worried Zamir White's out there in a lot of leagues. You could grab him. He would be the direct early down replacement for Jacobs. But when it's an illness, I mean, often the player is good to go after a couple days. So we're not ruling Jacobs out yet, but a preemptive pickup, you go get Zamir White and you put him on your bench just in case. If he does get the start, he would be more in that RB3 range. Not a lot of pass catching work for him would just be that early down back. You hope he finds the end zone, but the matchup is pretty good against the Titans for him. All right, let's shift to the injured receivers. We got to start with those Bucks wideouts. Like I mentioned, they're just getting crushed by injuries in Tampa. You already have Mike Evans out, the one game suspension, keeping him out this game. 
Chris Godwin didn't practice all week with the hamstring issue. He wasn't out there Friday. He is not going to play this week. Julio Jones didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. He's got the knee issue. Kept him out last week. Is it going to keep him out again? He was at practice on Friday, but he was apparently working with a trainer. They're calling him a game time decision. So I'm not sure if he's going to be able to go. And if he does, he's likely at less than 100% right now. You have Russell Gage, who he played through the hamstring injury last week, got in limited practices so far this week. So he'll likely be out there for this game. Could even see a really big workload if he can handle it. I mean, if he's healthy enough, they might need to throw to him a lot. So he's in the wide receiver three flex mix, depending what happens with Julio. Even Brashad Perriman, he's been limited with a knee issue. He'll be a boomer bust flex play if he goes and if Julio's out. And at this situation, I mean, it's just so risky to get involved with anybody outside of those guys that I just mentioned. They signed Cole Beasley. I know some people got excited by that. He could get some work this week, but hard to imagine that he's going to get enough volume to be fantasy relevant after just signing with the team earlier in the week. Tight end Cameron Bright. He hasn't done much this year in terms of fantasy stats, but you have to think that his chances of being involved would increase based on all these injuries in the receiving core. Bottom line, though, I'm not trusting Beasley, Braid. I'm not trusting these guys in my lineups unless you are so desperate in a deep league. You don't want to play these guys this week. And I'm not trusting Brady in my lineup this week unless I really have to. So I would just be wary of this whole Bucks passing attack in this one, especially since Brady is reportedly dealing with this injury to his ring finger. This one, it sounds more to me like one of those injuries that you float out there to try to cover for the fact that a player isn't really producing because Todd Bowles, he said Brady's making every throw in practice. So I wouldn't play him more because the injuries around him not because his ring ring finger is apparently hurt. I'm not really worried about his hand at all. The Packers receivers. I mean, this one's similar to the Bucks wideouts. You have Alan Lazard with an ankle, Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson. They're dealing with hamstring issues. Randall Cobb, he's got an illness that's kept him out this week. There's so much going on in this receiving core, and these two teams are playing each other in this game. So Lazard with the ankle issue, he was limited in practice Wednesday, didn't practice on Thursday, got back out there on Friday. Same thing went for Christian Watson, the rookie. He was able to get back out there on Friday. Watkins and Cobb, they didn't practice on Friday. So a little more worried about their statuses for this game. Matt LaFleur suggested that they're all just wait and see situations. And actually he said that rookie Romeo Dobbs was going to get a bigger role this week. So Dobbs will be moving up my rankings into more of the flex range. Lazard said he's optimistic about playing. We know players often are kind of more positive about playing. They think they're going to get out there, even if the team is a little cautious with them. And the Packers training staff, they've notoriously been a very cautious training staff. So we'll see if they want to put him out there in this instance. I'm not counting him out yet. Uh, Watson for me would just be more of a a dart throw. I think his role hasn't been big enough to kind of warrant that he's going to get out there at less than 100% and put up big stats. So he's somebody that you're probably shying away from in this game. I would just expect a lot of the running backs, both backs are going to be RB2s for fantasy this week. And hopefully we get Lazard. If he's out there, he would be in that wide receiver three flex mix as long as we hear that he's healthy enough. And then Dobbs, Also in the flex mix, depending who's out there with them. And then maybe a little Robert Tunyon mixed in. I mean, Tunyon's still just a tight end two with touchdown upside. But with all these injuries in the receiving core, maybe we see Tunyon, even though he's come back, he's looked pretty healthy. Maybe we see him get a little more work in this game. And just since so much is in flux there, I'll remind everybody, 
I update my rankings early Sunday morning. And then if you have questions about what we're hearing over the next couple of days, you can hit me up on Twitter at Justin Boone or Sunday morning. I do that Twitter takeover, the score main account that happens at 1030 AM Eastern. And I'll try to help you with all these last minute lineup decisions and all these last minute kind of injury situations as well. Next up here, Michael Pittman with the quad issue that held him out of last week's game and the Colts, their passing offense was brutal against the Jaguars. He's been back to limited practices this week. Might not be 100%, but it seems like he's going to play. I'm just bumping him down into the wide receiver two ranks for this one. He's not up in the top 10, which is where he'll likely be most weeks when he's healthy moving forward. And his teammate, rookie Alec Pierce, he's back practicing. He's out of the concussion protocol. He'll be good to go, but he's just, he's off the fantasy radar for now. He's not a guy that you're going to play. He's more of just a, a stash until he earns more targets. Keenan Allen, so... I haven't added Allen back into my rankings yet, despite the fact that he's been practicing in a limited fashion after he missed the Thursday nighter last week. But then today he wasn't seen out there in individual drills when the media was watching. So not sure if he's practicing on Friday or not. And it's concerning. I mean, he has a hamstring issue. That's an issue that could linger. Maybe the team wants to really play it safe with him. If he were to play, I would assume that that means he's pretty close to 100%. So I would project almost a full workload for him. He would be right back up in the top 20 receivers. But if he's out, which is kind of the way I'm leaning right now, Mike Williams would be positioned for another monster game. Same goes for tight end Gerald Everett, though Williams and Everett, they're going to be really quality fantasy plays even when Allen's healthy. The real difference comes down to Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter. Both those guys performed pretty well when Allen was out last week. You had Palmer go four for 30 and a touchdown. You had Carter three for 55. I'll have Palmer as a wide receiver three flex if Allen's out. And then Carter is more of a a risky flex. And then all of that, of course, comes down to Justin Herbert's status as well. So a few things we're watching in that Chargers offense at the moment. Uh, Jerry Judy, so he's logged two straight DNPs to start the week. He was out there for the first time on Friday. He was stretching during the media portion of practice. Still worried that he's not going to be in the lineup for week three, though. So a heavy dose of Cortland Sutton could be on the way. That's got to be expected. We also got to watch KJ Hamler's availability. He missed week two. He had knee and hip issues, but he's been limited in practice all week. He's got a shot to play. And if he does, and if Judy's out, then Hamler's going to be the number two in that offense. And he's got some real big playability. He's got some great speed. We've seen him pop off for big fantasy days before. I'm not sure this matchup with the 49ers defense is the best scenario for him, but he'd be a risky flex play if Judy was out. And with Judy out, I would also want to give Albert O another shot. I just, you figure that the tight ends would get more targets because the state of that receiving core, but he's been so inconsistent coming off that goose egg performance in week two. So really hard to have any faith in him at the moment. There's just, there's better streamers out there that you could go after other than Albert O until we see him do more. Gabe Davis on the bills. This one's interesting because Davis is listed as questionable. He was back practicing this week after he got held out last week with the ankle issue. He says hundred percent. He'll be out there this time around the injury analysts. They don't seem as convinced. They're a little more skeptical. There were some videos that came out from bills practice on Thursday that he maybe wasn't moving at a hundred percent that he maybe wasn't moving full speed. I would remind people. I mean, those videos were taken on Thursday, so he'll have Friday. He'll have Saturday to heal up a little more, but he could improve over the next couple of days. But the possibility that he plays at less than hundred percent mixed with the risk of re-injury during the game, he'll be more of a low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three in my rankings this week. Jacoby Myers, 
He's missed two practices so far this week. He's dealing with a knee issue. And unless we see him back out there on Friday to kind of change the narrative and change the direction that he's trending in, it looks like he could miss this week. And that might not be a huge problem for fantasy managers. I mean, most of you probably have better options than Myers in your leagues, but he's been the clear top wide out for New England this year. And the stat line so far have been pretty good. I mean, four for 55, nine for 95 last week. So a really solid PPR play even if he doesn't offer as much touchdown upside as most receivers that see that kind of volume. But we know that's been going on with him for a couple seasons now. Either way, he was the only pass catcher that you should have been considering in New England. Their passing game, it's looked bad for the most part this year. I wouldn't mess around with Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar. I think they would just be dart throw flex options, even if Myers misses. Parker, just one catch for nine yards on four targets through two games. Just a non-factor in the offense so far. We might see the tight ends pick up some more of Myers' targets, and it's because they play kind of in that range of the field that you figure Mac Jones would be targeting with Myers out. But Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith... They're really thin plays at the moment. I just, I don't want to be invested in this New England passing attack for fantasy. Just really volatile. Just so hard to project where the targets are going to go outside of Myers. Hunter Renfro, he suffered a concussion late in last week's game. He hasn't been able to practice Wednesday or Thursday. We'll see what he can do on Friday, but that's the tricky thing when you're trying to gauge these concussion timelines. Sometimes players come back in less than a week like T. Higgins did recently. Sometimes they need more time. Still possible Renfro could kind of get rushed through the concussion protocol and he could practice on Friday and get cleared over the weekend, but it's looking unlikely. So he'll probably be coming out of my rankings in the next update. And really all that means is a few more targets for Devontae Adams, but he was already a top five receiver play this week. And it means Darren Waller, he has a better chance to pay off here as a top five fantasy tight end, but I wouldn't get too cute and try to play Mac Hollins or any of the other pass catchers for the Raiders. They'd be real long shots in a game that I I think is going to feature a lot of the running backs on both sides. Uh, Brandon Bolden, he's been limited this week after missing week two. So maybe he'll be back in a, a pass catching role out of the backfield. I probably could have mentioned him when we talked about Josh Jacobs could make him a dart throw flex as well. But yeah, it's really you want to focus on Devontae Adams. You want to focus on Darren Waller. And that's about it in that passing attack for the Raiders. Some other ones that we can get through real quick here. Rashad Bateman, he missed practice on Friday. People might've been worried. It was just a personal day. So he's fine for Sunday. And his teammate, Devin Duvernay, he's out of concussion protocol. He's going to be back. He'll be a dart throw flex option this week. Michael Gallup sounds like he's going to return to limited snaps in this game, but I'm not really looking to use him for fantasy yet, in part because the quarterback situation, but in part because he's probably not going to get a, a full workload at all. So certainly somebody to stash. I just hope that this isn't a Chris Godwin situation where they bring him back on limited snaps. They bring him back earlier than he probably should, and he ends up getting hurt again. So I don't get why teams are doing that. I don't get why they're rushing Gallup back here, but apparently he's going to play this week on Monday night, and it'll be great to see him out there. I just hope he gets through the game healthy and we can see him back to full snap soon. Rondell Moore, he's going to miss another game with a hamstring injury. So Greg Dorsch remains a pretty good flex option. He's been producing the last two weeks. Corey Davis for the Jets. He's fine. There was a knee issue there, but Robert Sala said he'll practice fully on Friday and that he'll be out there this week. I would rather start Garrett Wilson. I'd rather start Elijah Moore too, even though Davis has been pretty surprisingly productive through two games, but I would rather start the younger guys in that passing attack. Uh, Kyle Phillips for the Titans. 
He's been limited with a shoulder issue, but he's expected to play. I just wouldn't be trusting him in my lineup. I know what he did in week one, got a lot of volume, so an intriguing PPR option, but until he gets a clean bill of health, you're not going to put him into your lineup. A player like that needs everything going his way to produce, and playing at less than 100%, he's not going to command the kind of volume he needs to be a fantasy option. A couple of Giants receivers, Wandale Robinson with the knee, Kadarius Toney with the hamstring. I'm not considering either of these guys in my lineup if they're healthy. At this point, I'd be willing to drop Tony if there's an interesting option on the waiver wire. I just don't have a lot of confidence that he's going to get this thing figured out and that he's going to be able to stay healthy and that it's all going to come together for him. The talent is there, but for him to become a consistent player, consistent playing time, consistent production, it's going to take a lot here, and we haven't seen any signs that he's going to be able to do that, so I'm pretty worried about his outlook. I don't really want him on my roster right now. And then at tight end, George Kittle, He's trending towards returning this week. Really convenient timing with his buddy Jimmy G back under center. As long as Kittle's healthy, he's right back in the mix as a top five, top six fantasy tight end. You can put him right into your lineup. Dalton Schultz, not sure what the Cowboys are going to decide to do with him. It seems like he should probably sit a game or two with the knee injury. Dallas is acting like he could play on Monday night against the Giants. Unless we hear something positive over the weekend, if you have a streaming option instead of him that you want to play on Sunday, I would lean towards them. I think Schultz will probably get held out of this game. And even if he does play, he'll likely be in a limited role. So he won't be fully recovered. If he's not 100%, another guy where you kind of need everything going his way. He needs to see maximum volume to produce big numbers for fantasy. And if he's not 100%, he's not going to see that. So play your streaming option on Sunday over him for the most part. Dawson Knox, he's dealing with a foot issue. He'll probably play through it. I just wouldn't expect much here. We haven't seen him really play a big role in the offense so far, at least in terms of production yet. So he's a tight end two for fantasy and a pretty touchdown dependent one. We need to see him find the end zone to really pay off. TJ Hawkinson, he's been playing through a hip injury, likely to play more of a low end tight end one at the moment though, rather than maybe the the top five or top seven guy that we hoped he could be. And then the only other one to mention is Brevin Jordan on the Texans. He's got an ankle issue. The Texans are going to be without him this week. So that means Farrell Brown will get the start and we'll see some more OJ Howard probably. Neither of whom you should really be thinking about as fantasy starters. You know, just might mean a few more targets for Brandon Cooks or Nico Collins. Could see a little more go their way. And that would actually be nice to see since those guys actually do have fantasy potential. They could benefit from a little more volume. But that is all for today's show. Go and check out my content, the rankings, trade value charts, start, sit, stash, quit, all that stuff. It's all available for free over at The Score. Like I said, I'll be back on Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern. Come to The Score's main account. I'll be answering questions there. Hopefully, you'll join me for that one. But until then... A big thanks to everyone who asked questions on Twitter, not just for the people that come for that Twitter takeover, the people that are asking me questions all week long. I know I don't get to answer every single one of them. I'm really busy during the season. It's tough to get through it, but when I do get time, I try to hit on as many as I can. Same goes for the Q and A's on Friday on Twitter spaces. And like I said, on the Sunday morning one, I don't get to every question. I do my best to answer all of them. There's just only so much time in the week. So I feel bad when I don't hit your questions, but know that I do really appreciate you taking the time to ask me for advice and I will continue to try to answer as many of them as I can each week and as always big thanks to everybody out there for listening and we will see you next time said leave on time my baby said leave on time leave on time with me tonight said leave